Welcome to And Almost Starring, the show where each week we take a film and break down the casting, including who almost starred. I'm Jeff Ronan. I'm Amy Jo Jackson. And happy Thanksgiving. We're looking at big. For better or for worse, out there is a universe where it may seem bizarre, but they were almost starring. Amy Joe, how are you doing today? Gosh, Jeff, ready to eat some turkey, stuff my face with <laughs> stuff in, and give T Hanks on this. All thanks. of the tanks. <laughs> All of the tanks on this. Uh, Make sure to save a plate for America's father, Tom Hanks. He's coming to all of your Thanksgiving. <laughs> Today's episode is a listener request from Jeff Ostermuller of our friend podcast, The Love of Cinema. Woo-hoo. Uh, yes, we've had John Say of their podcast on uh, for, uh, what was it? Not Drop It Gorgeous. Uh, to Die For to forever die ago. For. Uh, and we have both guested on their podcast. Go make sure to check them out. Love of Cinema. And uh, if you have a movie that you'd love for us to do, you can request it by emailing us at endalmoststarring at gmail.com. It's just that simple. <laughs> so Big came out on June 3rd, 1988, and was directed by Penny Marshall and written by Gary Ross and Anne Spielberg. Amy Jo, what is your experience with Big? Had you seen it before? I have seen the movie only once before. Mm-hmm. However, <laughs> <sighs> my my first trip to New York City when I was a wee bairn of 12 or 13, um, we saw two Broadway shows, mm-hmm. and this was one of them. So this my first Broadway show I ever saw was wow. Big, the musical. And 12 or 13 so the perfect age for this, as he Truly. is starts the film 12, ends the film 13. So, like I, I've known since I was l- legit able to speak that I wanted to move to New York and, and be an actor. Like, so it, it wasn't like, oh, an yeah. awakening. Mm-hmm. But to see a show where there's this many kids, like your sure. own age in it. And I was like completely not thinking about the fact they're all clearly like gymnasts and dancers and i had none of those skills <laughs> my one of my brothers was, called, was it a strong gymnast ensemble well the kids they're dancing up a storm well, dancing is one thing but are they doing like full gymnastics yeah there was some like cheerleading kind of oh, stuff like looking up the numbers of the course, girl of who played cynthia benson was mm. i think like a, a gymnast or a cheerleader or something like that they're all like sure. kids who were springy and could do tumbling passes you know gotcha um do, you know communicate youth and <laughs> joints that haven't uh, hurt you yet but the youths they're so bendy and flexible look at them go look at them go look at them go can you believe it <sighs> um all i can do is dance on this piano but yeah so i was obsessed with the show you know it 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 brought me great joy to 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 see and for many years i like was obsessed with the recording i sang songs from it for auditions <laughs> in high school really great singing a song um about how uh, how you've let your youth slip you by <laughs> when you're 16 years old. So um, you're singing songs, I assume, from the female protagonist? Yeah, the from, Elizabeth Susan, Control, yeah. from Susan. There's yeah. this one song called That's Dancing great. All the Time that That's I great. definitely sang to audition for choir when I transferred high schools. And the first lyric is, I was 12 and alive. Um, and I think I was, maybe had just turned 16. <laughs> I'm singing this song about like I how that little girl uh. slipped by, how that stream of dreams run dry. Somewhere in my teens, I seem to lose the means oh, to fly sure, sure um 
Yeah. Now, one of my brother's college roommates, like we used to joke that it's like I was like so excited seeing Big that it's like, oh, can you imagine if when you saw the show, you found out there was a casting call while you were there in New York and you show up and, and you know, mm-hmm. young, like 12, 13 year old me. And they're like, listen, kid, the call for Josh's mom is on Thursday <laughs> because I was uh, already playing maternal no. figures. But, but I just that still makes me laugh to think. Oh, well, you here with whose kid is yours? <laughs> Which one you bring? Huh? Um, yeah, so that that made me laugh. Also, I had completely forgotten because I haven't seen this movie in probably like well over twenty years. Mm-hmm. That you, you forgot that he gets big. Mercedes Rule. Mercedes Rule is, is the mom. mom. She appeared. I was like, oh, we yeah. are like three years three it. years away from winning that Oscar for Fisher King. Uh, yeah, young Mercedes Rule, and uh, yeah, Lost in Yonkers. Mm-hmm. Those are kind of like the big films for yeah. her, and I. I'd only seen this movie once before forever ago, so I remembered not much. Completely forgot that John Hurd was in this movie as well, mm-hmm. uh, and that entire character. I was like, I remember Tom Hanks and Robert Lucia dancing on that piano. How could you forget? I, I remember Tom Hanks eating the baby corn like mm-hmm. it's a big thing of corn, which was a Tom Hanks improvisation. Oh my gosh, it's so good. And like some little moments like that, but I'd forgotten so much of this film. Uh, so... Penny Marshall became the first female director to ever direct a movie that grossed more than 100 million at the box office wow. with this movie. This movie was a smash hit. But before her, Steven Spielberg was considered to direct, mm-hmm. which, you know, you caught that of the writers, Gary Rawson and Spielberg, mm-hmm. that is Steven's sister, uh, Richard Donner. Frank Oz, Ivan Reitman, Amy Heckerling, and John Hughes all approached to direct, all turned it down. That's interesting. I mean, they all, I, those all make sense as to why someone would approach them with this property. Definitely. I I think all of them I'm interested Definitely. in. The Frank Oz version, the Amy Heckerling version, mm-hmm. I think would be great. Uh, so let's get into it. Spoilers ahead. If you have not seen Big or you haven't seen it in a while, here's a brief-ish synopsis. 12-year-old Josh Baskin is told he's too short to ride the super loops at this carnival while attempting to impress older girl Cynthia Benson. What's the big deal about Cynthia Benson? <laughs> yeah, please shout out whatever song lyrics you recall as we get through oh, the Oh, yeah, good luck. The only one I know is uh, that walk the line, walk the line. And that's the one I was like, eh, skip most of the time <laughs> when listening. Uh, So he inserts a coin into a fortune teller machine called Zoltar and makes a wish to be big. It dispenses a card stating your wish is granted. Your wish is granted! (laughs) But it was unplugged the entire time. Spooky Spooky machine. The next morning, Josh has suddenly grown into a full-fledged 30-year-old Tom Hanks. He tries to find the machine only to find that it is the entire, it's all gone. The carnival has moved on. Mm -hmm. Uh, And returning home, he tries to explain to his mother who thinks he is a stranger who has kidnapped her son. And I'm like, this is a horror film. Yeah. This is a horror film. It's terrifying. For this mother. Uh, and as you said, you're like, I, I, I'm i surprised that Mercedes Rule like, has so few scenes. I'm like, I, I would be shocked if there weren't more that went on wound up on the cutting room floor because they were like, this is too depressing mm-hmm. to keep going to this mom who is convinced her son has been kidnapped. And that then, like, finally, days later, he calls to be like uh okay we have your son he's okay though we just got to keep him for like a month and then we'll return him good as new that is a nightmare yeah it's horrible scenario 
It's really horrible. Um, in the Broadway version, yeah, um, she has a lovely song called "Stop Time." That's like two thirds of the way through the show. It's like in Act Two, and it's like I feel like the musical form allows us to not check in with her for a while and it feel more natural than in a film where we're seeing so much of Billy, you know, of the yeah. friend. Um, I was I was just craving more Mercedes Rule acting at me. Of course. Know? I'm always craving that Mercedes rule. Mercedes rule, rule rules. Yeah. Rule rules. Rule, uh, so Josh fi- then finds his best friend, Billy, and manages to convince him of his identity by singing a rap, which only they know. <laughs> the, it, I think it is a really charming example. And of course, that's what a lot of what they're exploring the whole film, right? Of just like the friend, the young kid who is still young and imaginative is much more readily able to take the leap of of imagination to go like, oh, this is my friend. I can believe this. Whereas like the mother who is calcified into adulthood cannot. (laughs) She will not recognize her son in this grown man. Um, which I can't, it's kind of hard to blame her. I made a wish and I turned big. I promise that I am your son. I'm not just some strange man wearing yeah, your, your son's, son's underwear. Underoos. It is bleak. <laughs> um, so with Billy's help, they learn that it will, they can like file away or send away to get the form from that like includes the where the Zoltar consumer, is, like yeah. where this carnival is. Yeah, but it'll take six weeks. So Josh rents a flop house room in New York City and oh. gets... Now, hold on real quick. I was skimming through all the different um, actors on IMDb. Yes. And the hotel clerk. Oh, okay. Is named. This is this actor's quote unquote name. Rockets Red Glare. And I was like. The actor or the character? The actor. The actor's name is Rockets Red Glare? I'm going to click on. Well, obviously not for real. You know, um, he was. uh, Well, I mean, names are all made up. By, some, by someone, true. they're either made up by your parents, or they're made so up, or you make this. you or you choose them yourself. Yes. You know that, so, that could be the name he chose for himself. It is the name he chose for himself. Was born it. Michael something. So anyway, I clicked on it because I was like, "Tell me more." <laughs> this is the guy with like no front teeth. Yes. You know this guy. He was a bodyguard for a lot of people, including Ooh. the Sex Pistols Whoa. and Sid Vicious. Okay, well, this is how these, those teeth went missing. Uh-huh. Partying with um, Sid Vicious. He produced a show called The Rockets Red Glare Taxi Cabaret, in which the likes of Steve Buscemi and Mark Boone Jr. performed along with Rockets doing stand-up and one-act plays. Whoa. Now, are you ready for this? I'm ready for this. Two authors have claimed in their books that the actual murderer of Nancy Spungen at the Hotel Chelsea NYC in October 1978 was Rockets Red Glare. According to the book, This Ain't No Holiday Inn, Down and Out of the Chelsea Hotel, 1980-1995, by James Lowe. Sid Vicious, the punk musician and Nancy's partner, had been charged with this crime, but died prior to trial. In his book, Pretty Vacant, A History of Punk, Phil Strongman also accuses Red Glare of the murder. What was that date again? 19, in 1978. Seven, 78. And what was the, did that the, the month or day or? October. October. Okay, never mind. Well, I mean, because this film was June 3rd, 1988. So this is like ten, almost 10, ten years, years after that. And he used to sit here making movies. Now, his one personal quote wow. listed on IMDb As long as you owe someone money, you know they are always thinking of you. You know what? You're not wrong. So <laughs> lessons from Rockets, Rockets Red, Red Glare. Glare. Um, I felt that was worth the tangent because that is wow, bananas. That's and like just hire someone straight out of uh, this Steve weird. Shemi and Mark Boone Jr. Right? That's fantastic uh-huh. and wild 
and so bizarre. And so the, the fact, if I had to, if you had to like, if I had to guess, if you were like, okay, one of the actors in this film <laughs> might have killed, committed murder, might have murdered someone, I would have thought it was the, uh, the person right before this scene, which is the, uh, the homeless man mumbling to himself, I'm going to kill her. I'm going to kill her. I'm going to kill the bitch. I'm going to kill nose, her. Though. I don't Well, you <laughs> sure, but come, I mean, it was Tom Hanks the whole time. Oh. <laughs> it was the kid. It was the kid that plays Billy. He was the oh. one that suspected somehow at, at two years old. They think he murdered. Wow. Nancy. Um, also the scene of just Tom Hanks at the flop house alone where he's oh, just crying. Cause you see, so his mom. Sad. I'm like, well, this is one of the scenes that like helped get that Oscar nomination because it's not just like this is fun comedy. It's like, no, let's fully explore. Even it's still a comedy, but he's a kid alone. Like fully explore In those moments as well. 1980s Times Square. He's <laughs> never been alone from his parents for a night unless it was like to sleep at Billy's house. Right. You he's know? like, I can't go into the city by myself. Or like, I'm not allowed to go into New York without my parents. Just like. <laughs> locking the door and then yeah. doing it the, then pushing the the bureau in front of it just right like, it's fun oh. it's fun what they do where you have like the one friend this billy is more street smart so he's yeah. the one and josh is a little more nervous Ooh. about everything that is great it's like i don't i don't know how i'm gonna sleep here it's like it's probably better that you don't yeah. sleep here. <laughs> it's so good it's <laughs> you probably better if you away. don't uh, um Josh uh, then gets a job. They're like, what, what am I supposed to do for all these weeks? Get a job. And he gets a job as a data entry clerk at the McMillan Toy Company and then meets the company's owner, Mr. McMillan, at FAO Schwartz, the big famous scene of the movie, impresses him with his insight into current toys and his childlike enthusiasm. And they play a duet on the big walking piano performing Heart and Soul and Chopsticks. It's so good. It's so it's just so well done. It's such a brilliant idea that it's like, oh, this is, yeah, this is how we're going to tell all this information about character. We're going to forward this relationship. Yeah. Um, and it's so, it's like so perfect. It's so visual, which is great for a movie. It's also playful, but I don't know. It's just so kudos to whoever came up with this. <laughs> uh, and according to Robert Loja, who plays McMillan on the day they filmed, he and Tom Hanks noticed that they had, there were doubles a ways back dressed just like them. And they realized like, oh, they're on hand in case the two of us can't do all the dance moves ourselves. And that became their goal. Like, no, we are doing this entire keyboard number without the aid of the doubles. And they succeeded, which they there's no there's shot that's just their feet. It's all like close ups or a big wide shot of the both, both of, them of them crushing it. It's great. Which, yeah, it's lovely then when you're like, you can actually watch so much of this sequence. Just yeah. it's obviously them. Yeah, it's so good. McMillan invites Josh to a massive marketing campaign pitch meeting with the senior executives. Unimpressed with the toy, this big, it's, it, Tom Hanks playing with this giant building that can turn into a it's robot like is so Chrysler funny. Building. Everything keeps like, the arms keep coming off and he's like, oh my, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. As he's trying to just like shake this thing uh, as, as a kid would, as a kid is like, mm -hmm. okay, well, how do, what, what comes off? What, what, how, what's every little aspect of this thing? Yeah, how's this thing work? Uh, and he's, un, he's like, I don't get it. He's unimpressed. And he's like, can it turn into like a bug? Can it be a more like active things? I'm like, did he just invent Transformers? <laughs> no, he said Transformers. They already have Transformers? Yeah. He mentions Transformers. He's like, or he, someone mentions Transformers. Well, we already have animals that turn into robots, but bugs that turn into robots? That's a million dollar idea. Oh my gosh. I loved, I wrote down when they're like, oh, this kind of bug. Oh, Susan, we could do a ladybug. Yeah. They go <laughs> for to the, the girls, for the girls, for the girls <laughs> to the one woman in the room immediately. Oh. Oh, Susan, we could do a ladybug. It's just like, <laughs> that is 
brilliant because that is how I imagine that would go and down. It, it is so funny because I know, like, well, of course we're on Josh's side. And, like, John Hurd as, uh, what's his face, uh, Paul Davenport is, like, the pitch leader, is so annoyed by all of this. And that Robert Lozier looks to Tom Hanks and he's like, Josh, great work. <laughs> <laughs> like, all- it's it's like yes but it's like such piggybacking off a thing that already is there it's not like he came up with a completely different idea the way he does like when he's got like the comp computer comic right, book yeah. thing um it's just it's like i can't you know i i feel like unfortunately i'm paul in this situation I, I i'm just so, so pissed too. that i'm like he just swoops in here and goes yeah, i don't get it i don't get it make it a bug and everyone is like you're brilliant yeah, it would irritate me for sure. I will say I think Paul is already of a much sourer disposition than either of us to begin with. Good point. But yes, this this would be very frustrating. <laughs> uh, and McMillan promotes Josh to his dream job, getting paid to test toys as vice president in charge of product development. And with the promotion, his larger salary enables him to move into a spacious luxury apartment, which he and Billy immediately fill with toys, this working vending machine, this trampoline, these bunk beds. Uh, And apparently, which I love, there's a lot of the prep for this film was having Tom Hanks and uh, Jared Rushton, who played Billy, Mm -hmm. and David Moscow, who played the young version of Josh, like them all play together just Mm -hmm. to like see what we could build from that. Uh, And so they just put them in a room with all these toys to play with, including Silly String, which is how they then put that in the film of them having these Silly String battles and trying to like gross each other out by having them be like vomit and boogers. It's not, yeah. Yeah. Uh, And I just just love like all that stuff is feels so like lived in Mm -hmm. and real and really helps sell this friendship between the two of them. So Josh soon attracts the attention of Susan, the one woman there, Susan, Susan Lawrence, a fellow Macmillan executive. A romance begins to develop, much to the dismay of Davenport. And she to used the to dismay date, of to some people who are thinking about us. it too hard. It was, it was like, it was well, like, surely no, no, we're no. not going to go so far. Oh, they are sleeping together. We are just a scene of them. Like now she is undressing as she like turns the lights off and he just turns the lights immediately back on. I'm just like, oh, dear. Uh, oh, dear. It's this is uh, this is going to have some long term effects on this child and this woman once she learns what's yes, what. Yes, but I'm yeah less worried about sure, her in sure, this. Uh, sure, sure. Uh, yeah, it definitely is like one of the things you're like, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> no, yeah, no, I I was not on board. No. Uh, I was off board. I was in way fact. off board. But like them, like having them on the trampoline, like that's all great. That's yes. all cute. Of her being like him, be, you know, you got to let your hair down. Loosen like, up ha- this business business. Finding gal. her inner child. Such a business business gal. <laughs> she has to do so much business throughout this film. Um, but their romance develops. Josh's ideas are becoming valuable assets to Macmillan toys. He's drinking wine, but he's, he's drinking coffee. Now he's wearing suits. There is drinking wine. I saw that she had the wine. I thought they were both drinking wine. There was like, she, that when there was, like an, there was another, there was another empty table. glass, but it was like on the opposite side of her. Hmm. So I was like, well, maybe he's still not, maybe he's still got his, you know, his sodi pop is fine by that. him. There's this great number in the Broadway show called coffee black, where he like comes in after, after that night Ooh. and he, he comes in and it's, it's uh, just like a big jazzy number. He tells his secretary is like, Oh, and, and get me coffee black. She's like, but you don't drink coffee. <laughs> And then, like, it's this huge production number where he's, like, you know, wheeling and dealing toys, man. And uh, he then, like, 
finally takes a sip of coffee and spits it out <laughs> because it's terrible. Yeah, Back to the Future already beat them to the, uh, I'll take a milk chocolate <laughs> joke. Uh, yeah, and he now he's beginning to forget what it was like to be a child. And his tight schedule now means that he never has time to hang out with his best friend, Billy. And he tries to explain to Susan that he's 13. She dismisses. That is like, I'm 13. Like, I'm a 13 year old. She's like, yeah, like like every, you and every other guy. Just like, oh, emotionally. Right, right. Know? I'm a child. Like, oh, yeah, we're all a scared little <laughs> kid, Josh. Like, I, I mean it quite literally. Uh, and they find the Zoltar machine. It is now at Seapoint Park. So Josh leaves in the middle of presenting a proposal to McMillan and the other executives. Susan chases after him and encounters Billy, who tells her where Josh went. At the park, Josh finds the machine, unplugs it, makes his wish to become a kid again. And Susan finds him, now believes him, like, oh, well, here's the machine you're talking about. So clearly you were telling the truth because here's a machine that sells Zoltar. <laughs> he could still just be He could still just be, exactly. Uh, but... She's like, no, I see, I see how it is. And he's like, do you want to maybe make a wish and you could be a kid again? And she's like, hard pass. She's like, I did that already. <laughs> once and was enough. Once was plenty. Uh, and then it was supposed to be, it was scripted, like she was supposed to kiss him goodbye on the lips. And Elizabeth Perkins was like, not going to do that. Now that I know he's a child, mm -hmm. I'm going to kiss him on the head. And this, it's so well acted because she like, they lean in, she kisses him on the forehead and you could see him being like, I shouldn't have told her I was a kid in a grown-up's body. It's like, I get it. Should have gotten uh, at least one more smooch in. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Um, they share an emotional goodbye, and Josh becomes a child again. Before her very eyes. And runs in to reunite with his family, and finally bring an end to the horror film. And we don't even get to see mother. Mercedes rule. We just hear it. Yeah, we just have to hear her. Uh, so the casting directors of Big were Paula Harold and Juliette Taylor. Harold has also cast such films as Pretty in Pink, Cry Baby, and The Preacher's Wife. And Taylor, an Emmy winner for casting Angels in America, started her career casting The Exorcist and will go on to cast such films as Taxi Driver, Terms of Endearment, Schindler's List, The Birdcage, and previous episode, Working Girl. So let's move on to some of the actors who were almost cast. Some of these people may have auditioned, some may have just been discussed by casting. This is all a little subjective. And as always, I've looked up all the actors in advance and Amy Joe hearing it along with you, listener, for the very first time. Fresh as a, as a young, young Josh Baskin. <laughs> so let's kick it off with Josh Baskin. Amy Joe, thoughts on Tom Hanks and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? This is such a great performance it's hard to do this kind of thing without coming across as either creepy or like you're playing down to it or cartoonish yeah but he's just so it's the like the magic trick of you really get that this actor has managed to reframe the way that he's thinking the point of view is so clear the investigation the curiosity the like everything being new it's like wild how successful this performance is i think you know and it's so charming no wonder it like launched him more fully into yeah. another stratosphere yeah his first yeah the film got two oscar nominations for screenplay and for lead actor for tom hanks and he won the golden globe that year for lead actor and this was really you know bosom buddies was 80 81 and he had you know uh splash. Bat splash and bachelor party and the money pit and the suburbs he had like these comedies and like some were more successful than others but none of them 
hit the way this did. I mean, mm-hmm. As we said, like over $100 million at the box office. Academy, it's so rare already to the still today for to get, comedy to get, not, to get recognition. Yeah. And he's so good. He's so charming in this. And it yeah. really is. It's every moment is so lived in. Mm-hmm. Uh, really not a false note. I concur. So who would you cast? I have one other option. Great. Um, and it would be for around now. Mm. Um, and that is the good place is Manny Jacinto. <laughs> just someone who has like just a sweet open sure. face. Yeah. Very funny. <laughs> I just could see it, you know. It's very yeah. in his performance as Jason. Yeah, you know, there, there sure is a lot of innocence in that performance. Just like childlike, but like so well sculpted. Right, right. <laughs> so yeah, that's my that's my only thought. I dig it. I had so many thoughts for this. That oh I think wow, would be good. I mean, I do think Tom Hanks is your best best man for the job, and it helps that he's so cute. He's so adorable. He's such a cutie. Um, but I think like I'm like who else do I think would fully commit? to like I am a child in this world. And I think Kevin Klein would mm-hmm. do that. I could see the John Ritter version of this. Mm-hmm. I could see that. I could see the Steve Martin version. It'd be very different with Steve very Martin. Very different, yeah. Very different. It'd be much more flat out comedy, but if this was like a much more like wackety schmackety comedy, I see the Steve Martin version. Sure. Made more today. I think Paul Rudd has it in the bag. Oh, you're right. Paul Rudd, like this feels like a bread and butter of like what he would do. Mm-hmm. Also, I'd love to see Keegan Michael Key Mm-hmm. doing this mm-hmm. i think donald glover would crush i could absolutely see mm-hmm. uh and uh sam richardson who uh is probably best known for veep as richard splett he's also i just saw which i recommend the new new ish film werewolves within just based on the game that is like a um hot fuzz ish comedy oh. horror of this large cast of great character actors all hold up like uh uh-oh the generators have been possibly attacked by question mark a werewolf and he's like the park ranger lead and he's just so he's got such a wonderful innocence about him Mm -hmm. and such a like a effortless like comedic chops like he i i I love every single thing i've seen him in. he's also in the tomorrow war which i've not seen yet for those who have um but i think he's so great and i think like he would knock it out of the park with like a lead role like this if they were to do another version of this kind of film made today tom hanks was the first choice to play Josh Baskin, but was unavailable due to scheduling conflicts with Dragnet and Punchline. And then eventually they managed to like work out the schedule and like this is the guy this, that we is gotta, the best. We got to make it work. And to give him an idea of how a thirteen-year-old would behave, Penny Marshall filmed each grown-up scene with David Moscow oh. first, and then Tom Hanks like y- using that as a jumping-off point. I love it. That's so smart. So you could probably edit together this whole film if they were like film if they were filming those. You could edit the whole movie that it's just this kid that he doesn't actually get. He doesn't or like it'd be like he looks in the mirror and you see the grown yes. up, and instead the whole film is just him, this little kid in a suit, which is also kind of a funny That's idea for great a film. Too. <laughs> um, so when Steven Spielberg was interested in directing, his choice to star, he, I, I don't know. But Spielberg thought this is going to be number one with the bullet, Harrison Ford. Huh. This is the same year as Working Girl. So that aged Harrison Ford I'm, is no. imagining Harrison Ford. I, well, I'm, I was going to say imagining Harrison Ford in the under ruse. Not mad about that. <laughs> but I, I, I can't. He, like at best, it'd be him d- a decade or so removed doing Macmillan. We're like Harrison Ford is going to be 
on a piano is going to let his hair down. I would never mm-hmm. imagine such a gruff man like that. But the idea of him I shooting silly string out of his it's nose. Not, it's not coming to me. <laughs> Come on, get up here on the trampoline. It's so easy. <laughs> do, you want, do you want a soda or something? Yeah, no. Yeah, no. I'm a little stunned by that. So I just, I haven't chimed in because I'm just really trying hard to picture it. It's, it's me, mom. Me brain it's Josh. <laughs> I made a wish on Zoltar. (laughs) Don't you recognize your baby boy? Yikes. (laughs) Yikes. At least like in, I'm thinking of him in working girl. He, it's a good floppy hair era, Mm -hmm. but, um, that's, that's about all I can say to recommend him for this role. It's like, well, the hair would not be bad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when Penny Marshall then took over after Tom Hanks turned it down, the next person offered the lead role, Robert De Niro. De Niro? De Niro. De Niro? Robert De Niro. You're making, you're, it's a. <laughs> this is, this is the same year as Midnight Run, which as far as I know was his first like comedy at all. And that is a crime comedy where he is still a tough guy dragging Charles Grodin across the country. Oh my Not gosh. Like, I mean, my mind jumps to Awakenings, which is him just in terms of being like, a, like a very innocent person I'm but to is so him different playing with so toys different from big i'm trying to imagine him with like it when he's like sitting on the floor in his office like playing it's with impossible. that dinosaur thing. Man, no no i that refuse to a picture robert de niro not work for me get harrison ford back on the line <laughs> i can't tell between harrison ford and robert de niro which one i dislike more harrison ford would 10 out of 10 be better than robert de niro mm, yeah i guess so i guess he's, so. he's at least played in a lot of comedies and he has a lightness to him well, robert de niro was the godfather that's true i was like no he wasn't but he was the godfather before <laughs> <laughs> like oh yeah i guess he was he was the godfather <laughs> he was the good fella um yeah it's it's so hard to picture it i i that's really like, oh yeah why don't we get joe words. pesci in for this part like Honestly. no <laughs> Come on, fuck, 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 my mom won't fuck, 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 recognize me. Um, yeah, no. Daniel I, Stern, better choice. Daniel Stern would be great. Daniel, Daniel Stern, Stern, actually, that makes a lot of sense. You know, absolutely. I could so see just that like sweet grin as he has as Marv. Yep. Uh, yeah. Then one of Penny Marshall's top choices, John Travolta, wanted to do it. The studio said he was box office poison at the time. We were still using that term. That was coined in the 30s. Can't we let it go? (laughs) Well, okay. So this was Travolta's early to mid 80s was Staying Alive, the sequel to Saturday Night Fever. It's rough. Two of a Kind with Olivia Newton-John, which is a huge flop, and Perfect with Jamie Lee Curtis. That was like, then he had like a few years off where like Perfect in 85 was kind of like where we left him and we weren't yet ready to bring him back with the hit trilogy of Look Who's Talking, Look Who's Talking Too, and Look Who's Talking Now. And then, of course, Pulp Fiction, which actually right. revitalized his career opposed to that ridiculous trilogy of films. Um, but temperamentally, I could see John That's Travolta. A, that, that is a lot better than De Niro. Yes. this John Travolta does musicals, you know? Yeah. There's a certain size and suspension of disbelief in a, in a that it takes to play a character in a musical you know definitely warren Beatty turned it down I, this is all so weird the also people like that they've warren tried Beatty, to 19, get 
seventy yeah. is very different than Warren Beatty nineteen eighty eight. He's he playing, said, "I wish it was big, not I wish it was old." He's about to be Dick Tracy. <laughs> I said, "I want it to be big, not old." <laughs> well, that's the lesson to learn as a kid. You think you want to be big, Specify. and you just—you don't actually get big. You just get worse looking. <laughs> well, because he—he just wanted to be tall enough to ride that ride, but instead yeah. he said big. He's like, oh, I didn't mean 30, you know? Uh, yeah, Zoltar, thankfully, this is like the best case scenario. He could have been turned into an 80-year-old man. He could have been turned into a 50-foot-tall yeah. monster. Uh, yeah, oof, oof. I get this. Bill Murray was considered for the role. He chose to do Scrooge instead, which I'm like, I don't think it... It's not giving me what I want from this, but I understand. I can. I, I understand the logic, but Scrooge is a better usage of what Bill Murray does. He's just he's got that sarcasm. He's got that cynicism. It's like I don't know if I buy him fully committing to I'm a kid. Correct. I buy him being like we're having fun. I'm making jokes, but if he's like Correct. no, I'm literally going to do this. I'm playing a child. I just don't know. Judge Reinhold was oh. considered. This was 1988, so instead he was doing vice versa where he switches bodies with his son, Fred Savage. Oh, so, so he he's did the same doing a very movie. similar, very similar movie. Uh, Albert Brooks turned it down. Oh, okay. That wouldn't have occurred to me, but I feel like he's in the right ballpark. I agree. I could see that. Yeah. I'm interested in that. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is a round-ish broadcast news level mm-hmm. Albert Brooks. I like that. I like the idea of that. Michael Keaton was considered... That makes more sense. That guy's committing that's, to playing That's someone a child. who is going to commit hard. I mean, this is 88, so it's the same year as Beetlejuice. So yeah. that he was already committing to playing a mm-hmm. exorcist ghoul, uh, which I love. I mean, I would never want to lose Michael Keaton as Beetlejuice. Correct. Uh, Steve Gutenberg was considered, but he turned it down as he was busy shooting Three Men and a Baby. I see that. I think we're so much better off with Tom Hanks, but I totally get like i feel yeah. like steve gutenberg is in this like same pile of people he's in the same pile of people same pile of people and three men and a baby big old hit so you know he had his own big hit comedy that year uh dennis quaid said he turned it down to do the movie everybody's all american um which i have never heard of <laughs> nor have i until doing the research for this episode uh yeah i, I don't, don't need it no i don't care for it. jeff bridges turned it down jeff bridges which is interesting to me i don't I don't know. I'm having trouble wrapping the old bean around that one. I agree. I love Jeff Bridges. It's not De Niro. It's not De Niro. You know, it's not De Niro. It's not De Niro. But it is, um, I'm I'm having a little trouble taking that leap. (laughs) Jeff, well, Jeff Bridges, once he reached a certain age, I don't know if I can erase the idea of like looking at him to be like, this is a man who very much knows what weed is. Uh, and I don't think yes. that I, I can't see a version of this. I, I feel the see us like him playing with toys and it's like, Oh, listen, man. I mean, uh, what if it turned into uh, like a bug or something? It's like, this guy is stoned out of his mind. Get him <laughs> out. He's got good ideas, but it's clear because he is Won't massively shut stoned. up about Zoltar. <laughs> is that a, bra- is that, like is that a, a strain? strain? <laughs> yeah. The Zoltar strain of weed. You smoke this weed and you're going to feel like you're 30. You're, you're going to age big. you 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> now, if it was an opposite, the Zoltar strain makes you feel like a kid again. Oh. Like, there you go. Uh, Kevin Costner was approached but was already committed to Bull Durham, which, you know, I could actually see his Bull Durham co-star, Tim Robbins. Oh, my gosh. How did I not think of Tim Robbins for this? I think that'd be great. I'm Tim thinking Robbins of him in like Hudsucker Proxy where he's yes. such an innocent dope. Uh, I think it'll be really good. He's, oh, and also, what 
Tim Robbins and Tom Hanks both have in common is just a very sweet affability. I feel like they both kind of have like, we're the ones carrying the Jimmy Stewart mantle. Absolutely. From the 80s into the 90s. Mm -hmm. Uh, John Goodman was considered, but it was 1988. He had season one of Roseanne. Also in Everybody's All-American with Dennis Quaid. And he's in Punchline with Tom Hanks and Sally Field. Huh. Uh, I, mm, I mean, he's funny. I love John Goodman. He sure is. I mean, it's, you know, John Goodman, at like a bull in a china shop running around like yeah. a little, like a little, as if he's a little kid. Uh, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also, I'm just thinking about like the very young John Goodman, like having watched, unfortunately watched Chud, you know, and seeing him with like a couple of lines. It's like there is like a sweetness to him that I don't necessarily think of first when I think of John Goodman, but very young John Goodman, perhaps. Yeah. What about this? Gary Busey auditioned. Well, he didn't book. <laughs> and I think there's a lot of reasons why it didn't take. Oh my god. But gosh. what if it did? Gary Busey is big. He'd be better in the John Hurd role. Yeah, I guess. I think he'd be best as the vagrant just going, I'm gonna kill her, I'm gonna kill her, I'm gonna kill the bitch. I was gonna as say, he crosses I think he'd in the be background. Best not, and then that's it. Not in this movie. <laughs> I don't think. I don't think there's yo, Gary Busey as Zoltar? If, oh. if the head like comes to life and there it's just like, hey, <laughs> it's just those teeth. You got to you got to try to get oh your uh, your quarter into like those chompy chompers. <laughs> oh, that's a visual that unfortunately is I know, I know it's going to sound me. crazy, but I'm actually a 13 year old boy. Oh, no. <laughs> but, but, but Billy, I can't ride the train by myself. Uh, it's like, yeah, it's going to haunt me now. <laughs> Thanks for that. Thank you. And thank you. And that sound means it's time for a quick round of two truths and some guy. The way it works, two of the following actors were up for the role of Josh and one was not. And Amy Jo has to guess which is which. Your options are yes. Robin Williams, mm -hmm. Jeff Daniels, mm -hmm. and Clint Eastwood. <laughs> oh my gosh. See, now we're so deep into this podcast. <laughs> the favorite part the, of every episode. Like, if I, I'm like, oh, Clint Eastwood's so wild, he had to have been considered. But now you know that I'm thinking that, so you're putting that in there to throw me mm -hmm. off. Could be. Again, a real Vizzini situation. Who knows? Uh, um... <laughs> Still thinking about Gary Busey? Well, oh, I wasn't. Now I am. Um, all right. I'm gonna eat this baby corn like okay, it's baby okay. corn. I need to. No, 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 <laughs> no, no. Um, I think Robin Williams would have been great. That's someone who is not a, not afraid to commit. Um, and you know, we've seen Hook. We've seen Jack of him playing a child. I haven't in a seen grown Jack up. actually. Saw it in theaters. Well, so no one else had seen Jack at this point because you certainly didn't see Jack <laughs> in say, theaters. Well, no one else has seen Jack in theaters. <laughs> Everyone knows it only made $13 at the box office and that was the one ticket that Jeff Ronan purchased. But if you, what I'm <laughs> saying is you weren't even one year old when this movie mm -hmm. came out or you were just barely one. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, so you didn't see Jack in the movie Well, of theaters. course not because that came out in like 97. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying that it, we could envision of what a Robin Williams version of Big might have looked like. Yeah, we got based ideas. We got ideas. I like that. Jeff Daniels, you say? Jeff Daniels, I say. I have trouble with that. 
But I guess I guess I guess I'm not super familiar with uh, extremely young Jeff Daniels. Do you imagine if they gave Tom if Tom Hanks and young Josh had like a lisp this entire movie? Well, if so, I would hope be a lateral lisp. The lateral lisp. Yeah, she's saying, you know. Uh, uh, suggestion for the board: What if it turned into a bug, a post-tulip building? This building is not very fun. To the Chrysler building him. is not terribly exciting for a child like myself. Could you at least make it a Statue of Liberty, and then it could walk around like in Ghostbusters too? It could hold up that torch. It could be an interactive component. Anyway, I think uh, Robin Williams is good. That doesn't mean that they thought of him. Um, all right, I'm gonna. Ah, I'm going to go, okay, but now are you saying Robin Williams because it's a good choice and the other two are like, why would you do that? I'm going to go Clint Eastwood. I'm sorry, that's incorrect. No. Why am I surprised when they considered De Niro for this? All right, Robin Williams. I'm sorry, that is incorrect. As far as I could tell, Jeff Daniels was not considered. Well, good. He shouldn't have been playing this part. I could see it. I could see Jeff Daniels doing it. I still like Tom Hanks better, but I'm saying I could see it. Robin Williams was considered. Great. Great choice. That's all I could see. But, I mean, he'd crush. He'd be great. Yeah. I love it. I love the idea of it. Robin Williams. What else is he doing this year? Like Dead Poets Society? Around this time, I guess I, I I don't have anything else marked down, so I think... He might not have had anything this year, or I just forgot to mark it down. So, but it was around Dead Poets mm-hmm. Society. It's around that age of uh, Robin Williams. But he'd be great. And Clint Eastwood was considered instead in 1988. He had the Deadpool, the fifth Dirty Harry movie. He's on the fifth Dirty Harry movie, and they're thinking of him for Josh Baskins. It'd have to be. You can't be like now. He's this 30 year old who's got like a. He's gonna be like. No. It's my first day. I'm imagining Clint Eastwood already. So many things that would be red flags if Clint Eastwood is coming in saying, "I've got four years experience with computers. I'm a real whiz kid when it comes to data entry on yeah. my on my comp- my personal laptop." It's also so interesting the. Uh, how early on we were with like the average person being able to operate a computer with like a a lot of skill, like more than just typing that like this child was like, yes, I can do data entry because I play on my computer, but it's like still only a nerd thing. You know, he's like, Oh, I don't play, you know, football or anything, but I do my, that he can go in and be as good as John Lovitz, um, at doing data entry. I, I feel like specifically the scene with John Hurt is like, we're going to play racquetball together. Oh. I can't imagine, like, Clint Eastwood would be like, hey, punk, you said that it had to be under the line. Yeah, that, that scene gets line. a lot darker when it's Clint Eastwood <laughs> playing keep away. John, John Heard yelling at Clint Eastwood, like, give me the ball, you little shit. I don't think so. I don't think so. Clint no. Eastwood is laying him out. He's snapping. Yeah. Them rolling around on the ground, I could This not is just picture. an example of, like, when someone just puts a bunch of famous names on a list and says, let's right. call them. Not thinking, could they play this part? Could, could you see? Could you would actually see Clint Eastwood in the bed in the flop house, being like, <laughs> my, "My mom, I want my, I want my mom." Boo hoo, boo hoo. All right, Penny, is that good? Do we? Oh God, do I have to do another take, Penny? <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Oh, that's that's good. He's like, let me shoot. Although, a dirty I mean, Harry you'd movie. have to have him with Billy playing, where they have the Nerf guns, and it's like, all right, Billy, gotta ask yourself one question: oh Did I fire five Nerf darts or six Nerf darts? 
Mm-hmm. So we're getting real, real meta. In yes. There. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah with, if you'd have to with Clint Eastwood, I feel like that there are, you'd you'd want to wink to the you know it, Tom Hanks didn't have as large so many decades worth of films behind him the way Clint Eastwood did a nineteen eighty eight Clint Eastwood. This is like in what Demolition are you Man, about where he's referencing they ref don't they reference Rambo or something? Oh, they sure do. Yeah, and you were like, wait. <laughs> what so this is a, what so who's playing rambo in the world of demolition man exactly let's move on to susan lawrence amy joe your thoughts on elizabeth perkins and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else i think she's lovely i i will say i think that a lot of people could probably play this part there's not a lot of focus given to her she in typical fashion is just kind of there to advance, uh, you know, the male protagonists. Right. Um, I like that she gets like enough, a, a little yeah. bit of her arc of she needs to learn to let her hair down because she's a business, business, business woman. Yeah. She at least has an arc, but right. it's also, but, uh, yeah. you know, yeah, it's in service. Exactly. In, to in, the lead. Entirely. Yeah. Um, so I don't have like, there's not, I didn't get like so excited about this, but I was like, other people who are around the same age, like Gina Davis would be great. Same. Joan yep. Cusack. Same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then if this were made like 10 years later, I think Simbi Kali, who is uh, Nina on Third Rock from the Sun, oh. would be really fun just because we were yeah. always seeing her like in the office uh-huh. in Third Rock, which she's very, very funny. Um, I would like that. And then thinking about even more, conti- like if that would be like a late 90s choice, thinking like, a little more recently, like Elizabeth Banks, you know? Sure. Just thinking Definitely. of her in like some of those uh, Wet Hot American Summer sequels oh, where oh, she's like, yeah. she's the intrepid journalist. Yeah. <laughs> I could definitely see that. Uh, I mean, you mentioning Third Rock, I'm picturing Jane Curtin as Susan with John Lithgow as Josh, <laughs> which kind of, if that was the twist in Third Rock, it could be that like, like, what is this person's problem? Oh, are they an alien? Nope. They're a 13 year old boy that made a wish on a machine and now acts <laughs> like this. Um, yeah. Also, Joan Cusack. Also, Gina Davis. I had, uh, I see Angela Bassett. Mm-hmm. I'd be interested in Catherine O'Hara, I think would also crush. For sure. Uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus. I'm really interested in, uh, or since she's just this (laughs) business, business, business woman who's dating this man who's actually a child, Amy Sedaris as princess Carolyn from Bojack (laughs) with Vincent Adultman as Josh. Perfect casting. One to one. uh, With Will Arnett as in the John Hurd role. If you're putting Amy Sedaris. And J.K. Simmons as Lenny Turtletop as the dancing on slowly. I guess he's a turtle. So it'd be very slowly. It'd be a very slow tempoed heart and soul. (laughs) If you're putting Amy Sedaris in your movie, your movie got much weirder (laughs) well you know it's still you want to make that money it's like well here's the movie is i think that she could do more norm core not everything has to be strange but she clearly has no interest in it you look at all of her shows and everything she's like i'm doing me baby when bojack horseman is the most reined in thing you've done in your entire career that's sure there's more reined in uh-huh. elsewhere that we're not as familiar with she's more rain uh, i was gonna say she's more reined in on her episodes of the mandalorian where she's this uh giant haired mechanic but i guess she is a star wars giant haired mechanic <laughs> like by amy sedaris <laughs> bossing around a bunch of robots uh so as for susan lawrence deborah winger was first choice huh. but, but was pregnant at the time of filming so she had to drop out mm-hmm. uh which i think she'd be great yeah i'd really dig that uh and meg tilly 
of Big oh. Chill and Agnes of God auditioned, who I'm not as familiar with. I don't know if you did you I, receive that I Agnes was thinking of God? Or? You were well, I know the play quite well. Well, sure, but sure. I didn't. I don't know if there was a movie. Um, no, I and Bancroft. Oh. Oh, as the psychiatrist? I believe Anne Bancroft as the psychiatrist. And then Meg Tilly, Meg Tilly as, Agnes. as Agnes. And then Who was the Reverend Mother? Oh, no. The Reverend Mother, Anne Bancroft, mm. as Dr. Livingston, Jane Fonda. Uh-huh. Interesting. This is 1985. Uh, which oh, 1985 Anne, Jane Fonda. Okay. Anne Bancroft and Meg Tilly were nominated for Oscars for mm-hmm. it. Uh, so, yeah. So, I mean, not wasn't clearly not as... Uh, we're not all as familiar with Agnes of God. I still haven't, I have not seen it, but uh, that was like Meg Tilly's like big first thing. Interesting. Uh, but anyway, as we've not as familiar with Meg Tilly and haven't seen her big films, that's all I've got to say on that. So let's move on to Paul. Thoughts on John Hurd and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? I think this is a lovely use of John Hurd. Just that. It's a real crank. A real crank. Someone who feels like he hasn't gotten his due. And he just leans into it and he's so unpleasant while at the same time you're like, I know this guy. Like, it's never cartoonish. It feels too real. It's great. I don't have a lot of other thoughts. I mean, this is another one that I think because it is like a a fun little character turn, there's so many people who could do it. But as far as like people who of the, the era... Although I don't know really uh, how how um, when some of these actors started, but like Chris Elliott occurred to me as someone who's I who I always find a bit unpleasant yeah. in in an appropriate way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure, and sure. And then I can't believe I'm about <laughs> this guy's name, but it got into my head, and I was like, okay, well, Eric Roberts. <laughs> sure. I buy as someone who is I dissatisfied and irritated by someone else's success. I could definitely see that. I think that's great. I think that's great. Yeah, I mean, like, I just, I just need an uptight clown yeah. for this. So, like, I think Albert Brooks would be real good in this that's role. That's a good point. I, I see him getting real fed up. Kevin Klein also uptight clown. True. I mean, Kelsey Grammer, it's like that's... Oh. You just want to see you go. him get his, you know, uh, or Dan Aykroyd, I think would also like be, mm. I could see him just getting very frustrated by this kid coming in. Like I, I worked so hard on the presentation. Um, two other actors who were considered, uh, Charles Rocket, uh, is probably best known for Dumb and Dumber. Not to be confused with Rocket's red glare. And I think he's the dad in Hocus Pocus. Mm-hmm. So Charles Rocket was considered instead in 88, he had Earth Girls Are Easy uh, which is such a fun, stupid, stupid film. Speaking of Gina Davis and John Lithgow was considered for this role. I do which, see that more than Josh. I guess it feels like that's too small. a part. It feels like John Lithgow would need more to do. I, I don't know. It feels, it feels a strange concept. I, I see him either younger, John, younger Lithgow as Josh or older Lithgow in as McMillan the, as McMillan. Yeah. I don't know. I see he, it, he to me is the epitome of uptight clown. That is true. That is a good like, point. Like he's angry about everything all the time, and he's a real crank, um, but funny about it. And maybe he was considered like more when it was like Spielberg was on board. You know, mm. like maybe it was also like, oh, I want to work with so and so, or maybe you know, who knows? Maybe, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. But John Hurt, I think, is really successful, and that he, you're like, this guy works. This is an office worker. Yes. This is a white collar angry worker white man yep uh and i think he's great 
So those are all the characters that I found other casting options for. There are a few characters we didn't mention. I want to briefly touch on them. Uh, there was David Moscow, uh, who was not originally cast as young Josh, but as Billy, mm. since it was going to be Robert De Niro, and he doesn't look like De Niro. So he was going to be Billy. And then when Hanks took over, they switched him yeah. and gave him this role, which I think is great. You know, it is He's like you have charming. a lot less to do. But you're also like setting you're you're responsible for like setting up the whole character that we're then going to follow. Right. It's this and Newsies are what I know this right, kid from. Yeah. Uh, and then Jared Rushton as Billy, who's also in 1989's Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. He's oh, one of the shrunken kids. I think he's so good in this. He's, he's great. He's so, so it's such a great like of all the performances throughout the ages of like wise guy little kids like little kids who are smarter I than took the, the liberty of vying exactly. your homework that he is so charming i mean that the scene where tom hanks is doing like the rap whatever that is like okay okay like cocoa puffs mm-hmm. like whatever the heck it is as you see a tom hanks selling it right and this kid like slow the, the acting of him like slowly realizing like this is my best my friend. friend he's like starting to mouth along to it it's, as you, so, it's good. so good it's so sweet uh and i love that he gets the one f-bomb of the movie cursing out tom <laughs> hanks uh we get so a little bit of john lovett as scotty who works alongside tom hanks when he's just doing the data entry mm-hmm. which is just like stop working so fast you're making us look bad and he is not working fast at all uh and yeah mercedes rule as mrs baskin who's been who's living out a horror movie Mm -hmm. which like what a that's always just like the worst roles to me to like from an acting standpoint it's like your whole role is just having to be not just the mom role but the mom role the sad mom worried about her child child was kidnapped by a man wearing his underwear now i have played a lot of sad moms and i realized at a certain point i'm i was like i'm not doing it anymore um, unless I really feel strongly about the material because I found it, especially to do in the theater where you're having to live through it every night. night so you're night, yeah. putting your body, I mean, acting is really partially tricking your body into thinking it's going through something it's not. So like having to put yourself in a position where you're like, well, now is the scene where I openly weep. Um, and then I have to do this. And that, I was, I was just like, oh, I'm miserable when I do these shows. I think I would do Mrs. Walker and Tommy again, maybe in the right context yeah um but like I've, I've done it a number of times and it's dispiriting and exhausting um and and just yeah awful to like live in that place because if you're living in the reality of it it is a horror movie it's horrible i know i like i just wish it feels like it's so easy for this film to instead have been like he was about to ship off for summer camp or something that like you can make just one phone call away once he's adult an adult to be like oh it's i'm josh's father and like oh we pulled him out of summer camp because mm-hmm. uh he's he's been he's been a very naughty boy and now he's been punished mm-hmm. uh and, th- and then the parents think he's at summer camp opposed to that they think he's been kidnapped and have seen the kidnapper and like there's yeah. that great shot of john hurt and elizabeth perkins being like where you know where did this guy come from he came from nowhere as there's his face on the <laughs> they're milk having carton. breakfast and they pick up the milk and it, that is a great shot <laughs> <laughs> but like yeah yeah, yeah. I, I when you suggested that last night after when we'd watched it and you were like, oh, it could have been like this or this, something where the parents aren't going to notice that he's gone. You can keep it more uh, in Lighter. the realm of of comedy. Yeah. But, you know, I get I get wanting to give it stakes, but then it's also like, oh, this is this is so much of the film where it's like they weeks have gone by and these parents must like you never see the dad 
again. And do you ever, do you ever see him? I think you see him like you see maybe him, once in the beginning. You see him at the beginning when they're at the carnival. Never again. Right. This well, because we're usually dad, seeing them in the her in the middle of the day when the dad's probably already at work. But well, missed opportunity. Then have the dad working in the city. Have him like almost like run into Josh. A real Ferris like some Bueller kind of, scene. kind of thing. Exactly. Some kind of scene of them together. And that could mm-hmm. also be a moment that Josh is like, oh, right. My parents. They're yeah, they he like writes them a letter at terrified. one point. Yeah. You might as well have been cutting it out of a magazine. Like we, ha- I, your son is mm-hmm. safe. I swear. Uh, oh, brother. And we, of course, have Robert Logius McMillan. It's all about that keyboard scene. Oh. I thought I always remembered him having more to do in the film or more of like an it arc. It feels like he has more to do. Toy maker CEO. Mm-hmm. Toy maker CEO. <laughs> that is I. Uh, but he's great. He's very yes, charming. I love, very that, charming. love that Losha. It's always nice. You know, I'm used to like Independence Day where he's just like, I'm I'm a gruff general. I'm just gruff. Always gruff. He's gruff in this, but he's a lovably gruff. Yeah. Uh, he's the real gruffalo. Uh, <laughs> Is he? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, <laughs> so final thoughts. Amy Joe. any moments we didn't touch on? Any characters that popped out at you? Not so much. I mean, watch looking at like his office and his loft. I was like, oh, Baskin would kill at a startup. Like that feels like very dot com (laughs) era. That's like what offices looked like, baby. You know? Yeah. Zuckerberg is actually a 13 year old. Well, child. Yeah. Someone who chose not to like didn't think about consequences because he's only lived 13 years. Year old boy. It all adds up. Well, (laughs) Uh, I'll admit this. There is apparently an alternate version of the film that was released on home video in New Zealand, specifically this ending. And this alternate ending has young Josh sitting in his classroom at school, and he turns around to notice a new female classmate, Susan, who clearly went back to the fairground and did wish that she was Josh's age. I don't like it. During test screenings, it did not go over well. I don't like it. And due to audience feedback, the scene was cut and the movie just ends with Josh going back into the house. And then you get a quick shot of him and Billy, like, talk, chatting yeah. about whatever, going down the road. But, like, that, that almost you had her go choose nope. to be a child? No. You can't do that. It's already bad enough that he's a kid that now, now I'm a grown-up and now we're having sex. But it like to be like, I'm going to go back to being a child so we could be together forever. <laughs> We, no, 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 that was a six week relationship maximum well, because we, he was based off what we hear about our other relationships. It does also seem to be somehow the healthiest relationship does, she's ever it? had. It does. She doesn't have great taste. You know, <laughs> could you imagine being John Hurd and being like my ex-girlfriend chose to become 13 years old rather than date me? Well, that tracks, you know, he's really unpleasant. <laughs> you know what? It does indeed track. <laughs> Thank you again to Jeff Ostermuller of The Love of Cinema. Thanks, Jeff. For requesting this film. So fun to revisit this movie right before Thanksgiving. Do you have a movie that you'd love for us to break down the casting of? Email us at andalmoststarring at gmail.com and let us know. Follow us on social media to find out what film we're covering next and just to see our general shenanigans on Instagram at andalmoststarring. Until next time, I'm Jeff Ronan. I'm Amy Jo Jackson. And thanks for joining us to see who almost starred. Almost starred.